Welcome to Riverdale. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It has been quite some time since we have been together. Had a lot going on in my life, and apparently CW said, fuck episode 8 coming out, we gonna push that back a week. Um, There has been quite a few things happening, but I'm back to review the hijinks and shenanigans of our favorite <clears throat> suburban privileged crybabies. <laughs> um, welcome to Riverdale, this is a Carefree Black Nerd review show, going over the CW's Archieverse uh, show, uh, live action show, Riverdale. Episode 8, The Outsiders. This episode was pretty slow. Um, Still full of drama and drama and more drama. Secrets and more drama. Um, All in all, I thought it was a good show. A good addition to the first seven um, I kind of feel like if they were going to go on a little break, I wish it had of come back on a more upbeat episode. Because for people who may be just joining in, this was interesting, but it was very slow. So you might not have piqued their interest. Me, I enjoyed every minute of it, or most minutes of it. <clears throat> um, I know, so let's start. First off... Kevin Keller's dad, Sheriff Keller and Polly. Polly's giving her a little explanation about what's been going on, um, what happened with Jason, what their plans were, all the while they're staying at Hermione Lodge's place, the little penthouse downtown. This is extremely tasty <laughs> because um, we know that Hermione and Alice Cooper do not get along. So for her to take in this woman's children when she has kind of banished them is... Ah, just the karma and payback she needs. Um, let's see, Archie and Juggie playing video games. I will say in this episode, we did not get a shirtless Archie scene. So apparently that wasn't something in his contract. And I, of uh, all people, I'm very grateful because I'm sick and tired of seeing him. And this episode did not change my opinion of him. Archie is still trash. Um, let's see, Veronica decides that, hey, if Polly is feeling like... Nobody loves her. Betty, let's throw her baby shower. You know, Betty's against it. No, motherfucker, why would we do that when, you know, it's her family and blah, blah, baby steps. Uh, funny thing in this scene is everyone's sitting around in this little uh, college dorm lounge that they have in their high school. And who pops in? <laughs> but Alice herself storming in like um, Olivia Pope. <laughs> but I need to see you and you pointing at Polly and Veronica. Uh, excuse me, Benny and Veronica, and I um enjoy, I don't, let me see, I have said from the beginning, I may not like Mommy Dearest at all times, but I do understand her point of view most times, and that kind of defaults me to liking her, I think she's very smart, she's very opinionated, um, strong-willed, and she does what the hell she needs to do to take care of her and her family. She's shown that repeatedly from episode one to episode eight, and that doesn't change. The only thing that changes in here is she has this emotional arc where she becomes softer and is more accepting of her daughter. Um, through this baby shower, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, 
uh, prior to Veronica begs, you know, her mother to sit down and talk to Alice, and she's like, okay, fuck that bitch, I don't like that hoe, we ain't never been friends, that bitch stole my man, no, I shouldn't say that, but um, all in all, she sits her down, she's like, look, this was going on, and Alice's attitude is like, all right, bitch, you know, we don't get along, uh, you got my daughter at your house, you're trying to rub it in, and that, to me, was so real, even though, I guess it's to be expected from the way they've set up the situation, all in all, I feel like Alice is being her true self, and um, Hermione is, as well, I don't know, it's just, I like the way that we've already set up that these two characters don't like each other, and you're expecting for Hermione to have let Polly stay with her for vindictive reasons. Yeah, you're helping out a young girl, but all in all, you know you're doing this to get under her mother's skin. But with the issues that Hermione is having with Veronica, her very own child, her daughter, um, Veronica kind of convinces her to look, this is something you need to do. You need to help this girl out. And so, um, whereas I would expect for Hermione to be you know, very spiteful, like, yeah, your daughter at my house because you ain't no good parent. She is like genuinely like, look, girl, no, that's not it. You need to be here for this damn child. And the thing she said, and forgive me for not remembering verbatim, but Alice says something to the effect of, you're just trying to throw this in my face. Hermione's like, no, you need to be there. She's like, well, she's just a kid. She can't raise a child. Or she's like, well, what do you expect her to do with this child or something? And Hermione says, raise it. We did, which kind of takes me back, um, or not literally me back, but it, it makes me think of the adults and how I feel like this is two separate shows in the same town the adult show and the kids show where the uh whatever issues that the adults had when they were kids these are relatively young adults the grown people so with them having these teenage kids one has to assume that yeah some of these people probably did get pregnant and have babies and start families relatively early or if not right after like college age and so um i thought that was a very humanizing moment for alice as well as um Hermione, because I'm trying to be on her side because she's a woman of color, she's bad as hell, but she is kind of a villain uh, in disguise, and uh, I don't care that she's cheating on her husband or whatever it is, because Hiram, we know, is the big bad. That's been established so far, um, but I just feel like the way she's, I don't know, just something about the way she's been portrayed in the last few episodes has really kind of thrown me off. Um, there is this moment where um, Veronica's is talking about the baby shower and Jughead is like, am I obligated to go? And she's like, yeah, you're Betty's boyfriend. And every time, and I know this is intentional, but every time Betty and Jughead are around each other or um, it, anything, they always um, cut straight to Archie. And I think that is so funny, not only because I do not like this character, but because, damn, nigga, you fucked up. You had Betty if you wanted her. Yes, you did not want her. Let her do her own thing. And it's almost, and I know it's very subtle. He's not overtly saying this. But it's like, if I can have her, can nobody else have her? It's, it's like, uh, he's given this. I don't know. I know he's not happy with Jughead and Betty's relationship. And that is hilarious to me. <laughs> The next little uh, kind of subplot we have, or it's B, C plot, is the sabotaging of Fred's 
um, work site where, you know, he acknowledges to Jughead, I know this is a sore spot because you used to work for the drive-in. And Jughead's response is, I don't care, just make something beautiful. <clears throat> to which I was like, shut up, nigga. That's, you, shut up, dummy. Um, he, uh, cause Jughead now, and if we've forgotten, he is living with, uh, Archie and Fred, but Fred is, um, Fred starts work on, on the project Breaking Ground for, uh, Hiram, which he doesn't know Hiram was the person who bought the drive-in, but, um, Archie is, uh, excuse me, Archie, Fred is, um, kind of sideswiped or whatever, I don't know. You know, start, I don't know, whatever the term is, <laughs> by his foreman who comes in and is like, look, I hate to do this to you, motherfucker, but um, the Blossoms is offering money, my man, grown man money, and uh, we definitely need this, so we won't have to take our business elsewhere, which is, of course, sabotaged by Clifford Blossom, I believe that's his name, uh, Cheryl and Jason's dad. And um, we don't, we haven't gotten much from the Blossoms throughout these last seven episodes. I mean, in the funeral episode, we got a lot of them, and we got uh, Mama Blossom fighting, but we don't really get as much of them as we do with the other adults. And I don't know if that's intentional to kind of keep this allure of um, who are these people, or this, or keep them on some kind of pedestal. Uh, and I'll use the example of like celebrities, the celebrities who you always like, well, the Kardashians, but we get exposed to every single thing that happens in their life versus, I don't know, Cameron Diaz, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z, uh, Elton John, <laughs> like these are celebrities who we know of and we know a bit about their life, but we don't get the full picture. And um, so maybe it's that sort of thing. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but I've noticed that we get, we dive knees deep into the stories of all the other adults but when it comes to the blossoms there is this separation of just well peek behind the curtain just a little bit and pull it back even in their private moments away from the uh rest of the town we still don't get a whole lot i have to believe that's intentional if not it's still a nice side effect of them being this high wealthy i don't know family um which, uh, which actually that comes up when Fred confronts Clifford and is like, look, motherfucker, you going after my boss, but you inadvertently going after me and now I'm losing money and you mess with my livelihood and that of my kid. I'm trying to take care of my son. I'm just trying to do ratchet shit with my friends, but you getting in the way of that. And I feel like, man, come the fuck on. What do you, what do you hope to accomplish? And this, to me, it's just, it just screams like this privilege that you have it's like yeah i mean i get i get you being upset because your workers left and went somewhere else this is kind of the name of the game and it's not like this isn't a possibility like this could very well happen i watch tons of um friggin uh home improvement shows where shit just don't happen stuff don't work right sometimes and that's just the name of the game but for him to go after clifford in his face because he pulled up his raggedy truck right in front of the the blossoms mansion gates and stopped clifford from leaving to get in his face to say this that and third and a lot of times i watch these shows and they're very entertaining and i think hmm if this person was black or mexican 
or just brown, more tan, would this motherfucker be shot? Because who are you to roll up on this man at his house? If Clifford was to shoot him dead in his face, wouldn't that... You're the aggressor here. But I don't know. So that's that's the privilege there because I, I, I don't know. That just wasn't my first mind. I'm thinking you might, you know, send somebody to fuck up what he got going on in his place. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But that's neither here nor there. This doesn't get um, rectified or um, it doesn't end well because now in turn, which will lead into Archie's storyline where he's just being this maniac who has nothing to do uh oh but before getting there it is mentioned that archie is dating valerie which um fred says some authentic comment like um i wasn't at valerie's house or i was your date with valerie and oh it's good we brought you some pizza which is like okay you're dating this girl now who is way out of your league like in all aspects musically um appearance wise uh talents uh Shit, just presence like you being next to Valerie. Oh, I just don't see it. I don't see it for you. But um, I will say right now there was a very much a lack of melanin in this particular episode. I'm not as upset about it because these white folks is crazy, <laughs> and Josie and Valerie and Melanie ain't really got a lot to do with that. But there still was a huge absence of color, and uh, you know Valerie showed up. Well, the pussy get down showed up at the the uh, baby shower, which was cool, but they were just set dressing. It's just like the rest of the girls who were just there to fill out the room, which is just like a waste of these characters. I just want a spinoff show or a miniseries of the Pussycat Dolls, Josie Jose and the Pussycats. Like, give me that. Is that so much to ask for, Riverdale? Hell, this is a Netflix show. Is this so much to ask for Netflix? Where's the Josephine and the Pussycat spinoff? <laughs> so one of the biggest issues of this episode is that Archie is a freaking lunatic who doesn't know how to, one, mind his business, or two, um, think rationally. Now, I understand as much as the next person, if someone is bothering my parents, mom, or dad, I'm going to be upset about it, and I'm going to want to do something, but you can't just always rush headfirst into issues, into problems, as if um, <clears throat> you being physically imposing is going to change them. Archie is giving this long speech about, well, Jughead, you know, my dad, he does everything for me, and he never asks for anything. Well, that's your father. What is he going to ask for? The shit normal parents do, go to school, get good grades, graduate, go off to college, you know, follow a passion, become successful. This little speech that he's giving is like, mm, you're, I mean, I get it, that's your dad, but what is he going to ask of you? Like, he asked you to work for him for the summer, and you did. Like, what do you, this isn't a relationship, this is your parent and you. Um he said uh, to Jughead, you know, my dad, I'd do anything for him, even if that's, you know, slinging rocks for a couple months, whatever, to help him get his thing started. Since now he doesn't have a crew, Archie's friends showed up. Um, and at the end of the workday, Moose, who was helping, goes out, forgets his phone. Like, how does that happen at a construction site? And sees two guys destroying the equipment. For his equipment. Well, these two guys pull out their crowbars, and Moose, with his 
big old dumbass instead of yelling at them to stop and then getting help or maybe getting your phone and calling the police or maybe making a little video of it so that you can show us evidence or maybe just shouting back to the group of guys who are in the uh, the work unit or whatever not that far away because you all outnumber these two hoodlums it's like this could have went so many different directions and for Moose to get taken down by these two crowbars and these two quote-unquote thugs I was like what like I don't I don't know I know the fight or flight um sensations or whatever is supposed to kick in in, in in situations like this but I feel like this was a odd scene like this took me out of the episode because I couldn't for the life of me believe that even if you were a very thin wiry guy if you were a muscular guy if you were a short fat kid a tall toned dude I can't imagine that you know you literally just walked out of a room where there were four other teenagers in decent shape and an adult in pretty decent shape for an adult male or adult period that you wouldn't call for help or even run back to the like it was just weird the fact that he yelled at them and then the next cut was him getting beat up i don't know it was stupid i don't know so this leads archie to go on his rampage of or this had to be he just can't be um, yelling at the uh, Sheriff Keller because apparently he's the only officer in this town at all. Just so weird. Like, come on. Can we at least have two other people walking around in uniform? I can't for the life of me feel safe in a town where there's one police officer, just one, and he's the sheriff. That's it. Um, so he shows up and he's like, look, Fred, I don't think this was the Blossoms. Why would they hire a thug? And I was thinking that too, but I was like, mm, anything's possible. But then I was like, well, why would he, if he's already stealing your people, yes, he can destroy your equipment, but what's the point? You have these five teenagers that aren't going anywhere. I don't know. This is stupid. So Archie yells at him, throws a little bit of shade, his dad co-signs, and then he like, Goes crazy with, oh, this has to be the serpents. And we all know that Jughead's dad is a serpent and his brother is a serpent. And so I don't think this was a great reveal, but no one else on the show knows this. And so when Archie takes, you know, um, Moose and him to the, to the serpent bar, before he does that, excuse me, he stops at Pop's chocolate shop, the only other place in town outside of school in Fred's house. He goes to, um, Jughead is like, look, Jughead, those thugs attack my dad. I need you to help me. You're going to be with me or not. And I was like, eh, that's kind of a lot to put on someone. Yes, this is your best friend. That's fine. But you're rushing headfirst into, like, that's where white cisgendered heterosexual men are the most, I don't know. I don't even know what word to use. It's like, because this very much for me was in line with what a white man would do. Like, yes, anyone who feels like their parents are being hurt, they want to retaliate or, you know, take care of the situation. But this particular instance, if you know you're rushing into a bar where there's this big evil biker gang that are thugs who sell drugs on the south side of the tracks, which is like, whatever. Um, what, what would possess you to think you can just go there, puff up your chest, and get results? Like, I don't, that's like walking into the lion's den you know, with a pork chop tank top on. Like, it's just, I don't know. It was just, it was stupid. So he gets mad because Jughead doesn't go. We know Jughead ain't going because his family are serpents. But I'm like, 
Archie, you're a fucking bully. You're selfish. You only think of your goddamn self. Because even if Jughead's family were not serpents, why in the fuck would he want with his thin ass? Because everybody talks about how wiry he is and thin and lanky, which he's not. But in the context of the other guys at the show, he is. Why would he want to rush into that and possibly end up hurt? If we already think they had something to do with Jason's murder, if we think that they've been beating up um, the equipment, if we know that they are thugs around town who are very violent, why would you subject him to that? Like, if I have a best friend who's very thin and small and probably cannot fight or fight as well as I think I can, why would I even include him? I would go to my other friends who are like Moose and Reggie, like the bigger guys, to help me. Like, because that makes no sense. And so now you're doing this to guilt trip him. And I'm like, Archie, you've been a sucky-ass friend to Jughead since this show started. Like, since before the show started, when you didn't go with him on the 4th of July, and you didn't let him know why. It was no heads up, or I'm not going to make it. But you're mad at him because he didn't want to go get his ass beat, for all you know. Anyways, he shows up, and then we find out that Jughead's dad is a serpent. And then it comes out, well, Fred's like, oh, I didn't know you were a serpent. You know, I'm Batman, because he talks like Batman. I didn't know you were a serpent. What are you doing? And then um, Jughead's dad says, uh, because Jughead's dad, Mr. Jones, called Fred, you know, to come pick up Archie. Because what the fuck are you doing in this bar, young man? And what the hell are your, your fucking parents letting you roam around town, giving damn what grades you in? This is... It's fucking 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and you at a goddamn bar. Who let you in here? Uh, after Archie picks a fight with some grown-ass man, because he's suffering from white privilege or white entitlement. Um, so, apparently, Fred is mad. He's like, oh, well, when did you start working for the Serpents? And he, and this is what Jughead Dad says. He says, well, you know, after I got out of jail, no one would hire me. And instantly... What does Fred say? Oh, so you're going to blame this on me? And I was like, hold up. Okay. There was a lot of moments in this episode that really fucked me up. And this was one of them. Like, you're that self-centered that you think this is just about you. I think the twist of the episode is that it might be. But even so, if I'm saying I got out of jail, no one would hire me. I have to do this. Why do you, why are we not looking at... Why do you think I'm blaming you? Like, no one's... I don't know. It was just an odd thing for him to jump down Mr. Jones' throat like that so quickly without even letting him finish his sentence because it didn't even seem like he was going in that direction. To me, it was like, look, I got out of jail, couldn't find a job. This was, you know, the next best thing. I got to make a living. I don't know. I was just... Fred and Archie are both very tiring, and I'm sick and tired of hearing from them, of seeing them, they're boring. Um, towards the end of the episode, Fred is like drinking in the uh, kitchen, having this little breakdown. Archie comes in, oh, don't be mad at me, Dad. I just wanted to get to the bottom of this. Well, nigga, get, shut up. You do what you want anyways. Fucking, I don't know, fire crotch. <laughs> no, um, so... He's like, oh, well, you know, I try to build things in my life. I tried to, you know, build a company and it failed. And, you know, the, the company's going under and this and that. And I'm thinking like, okay, your company's going under. You're very close to losing your business. But you wanted Archie to take over this bullshit? You mad? We was mad at him about his music because you wanted him to take over this piece of trash? And I just like, oh, well, if I have a son and he doesn't um like music and he says he want to build things like his grandpa, that'll be the best thing in the world to me. And I'm thinking, mm, 
this this scene didn't need to be here. This was boring. I didn't care for this. I don't care about your bonding over your privilege because you, all these things, oh, I built things and, and they always fall apart. You have a whole house you're living in. You have bills that are paid. You have a marriage that did not work out, but your son is healthy, albeit having relationships with his teachers and fucking over everybody with his selfish ass, but your son is healthy. He has a new fucking guitar every episode. He has no problem taking off his shirt and running around town. He clearly is having decent enough grades that he's going to amount to something. It's just like, I don't know. I was like, oh, you playing this violin. I don't want to hear that. This, both of you are trash. The Andrews are trash. <clears throat> and I'm waiting for the episode that Mama Andrews comes in. And hopefully she's not trash because the women seem to be the most interesting characters in this damn show. So this wasn't a good look, Fred. This wasn't a good look, Archie. And lastly, here we have uh, the baby shower, which as soon as they mentioned it, I knew it was going to be a baby shower. It's going to be kind of maybe the, the the arc, the climax of the episode. But as soon as they had that first shot of the baby shower, I knew, I just knew something bad was going to happen. I just knew this wasn't going to be a smooth baby shower from start to finish with no problems, mainly because <laughs> in walks Archie. Well, this is after Alice comes in, and we we think she gonna fuck shit up, but she's nice. She gives her present. Then in comes Cheryl with this gigantic ass stroller. Talking about this, the most expensive one money could buy. It, it looked like an old school stroller. Um, in with her mom and her grandma, and she um, <sighs> Cheryl is so problematic. She says while Nana is Nana Blossom is giving, um. Polly, this little crystal reading, and she's like, you know, you have twins, but whatever. This fool says, Nana has dimension in gypsy blood. And as far as I know, gypsy is a slur. Um, but even if that wasn't the case, that still is like a odd choice of words. I don't know. Um, so there's that. But we even think it's going to be drama there, and it's not. She comes in, uh, uh, I forget Mama Blossom's name, but she comes in, apologizes, and they go from there. But Archie comes in and doesn't say hello, does not acknowledge anyone, runs over to Jughead, and is like, oh, you protecting your dad? You know, he fucking up my dad's shit. I, I trusted you, this and that. <sighs> Whatever. So everybody is giving Jughead this stank eye when Archie reveals that his dad is in the serpents. And for me, I'm thinking... Archie, you know that this boy was living in a school, living in a drive-in theater, had no place to go. You saw how his dad is an alcoholic. You see how his dad and your dad relationship isn't great. You found out <clears throat> the truth from both sides of the story, from your dad's point of view and from Mr. Jones' point of view. And you are really going to attack your best friend because his dad is a serpent? We don't know if the serpents even destroyed the... Like, it was just... Archie is a trash-ass friend. Like, and everybody, like, kind of shunning Jughead. It's like, nigga, because of my dad? You mad at me because my dad is part of the serpents. I kind of... Oh, I don't know. I just feel like that's very... How can you call yourself someone's friend? If I have a friend and I found out his... 
dad is a blood or a crib or a Latin king or whatever other gang affiliation there is out there. Why would I? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. This episode, like I said, it was in line with the rest of the episodes, but it just honestly didn't do it for me. Um, So I don't know. The best part of the entire episode is when Alice is talking to Polly and Polly says, you know, dad said he was going to help me take care of my mistake. He made his doctor's appointment for me, which is so odd. Um, Not odd, but I guess it's in line with the show because they never say abortion, even though we know that's what they meant. He was going to go get her an abortion and pay for it. Um, And Alice is like, damn, you know, and we see that this is kind of the final straw. She is not a horrible person. She just wants her family back. We see uh, cut to Alice walking into the room where Hal is, you know, sitting back watching TV. She grabs this remote from I don't know where because she walks in the room with it, cuts off the TV, throws the remote across the room and says, so you are going to take care of Polly's little mistake. Now, in my head, this is the only scene that this is the best scene to me because it's the only one that had action <laughs> and had me going, you know, that action at the bar was trash. She, I'm thinking she's just mad because he didn't fucked over her daughter. No, mommy dearest is like, this is the same shit you did to me. So me, me, Rain Coleman watching this, I stand up on my seat, put my hand up to my uh, fucking mouth like one of them memes. And I'm like, hold up, nigga. And this scene gave me a very watered-down version of a uh, waiting-to-exhale scene. But I'm like, nigga, so you mean Hal, the incompetent fool, made you get an abortion? So you mean to tell me Polly is not the oldest kid? You could have had a kid? Oh, I said, okay, this was this was good. And it was kind of worth the wait of getting through this boring-ass episode. But, um... She uh she puts him off, but before she does, she says, um, get out. And he's like, no, I ain't getting out. And she said, get out before I do something I'll regret. That being said, um, what else did she say? Get out before I do something I'll regret. And we both know what I'm capable of. So me, I'm like, okay, did you kill Jason? I don't know. Maybe you ain't killed Jason. Did you kill somebody else? Because I don't know if she killed Jason because she ain't got no fucking vendetta against the blossoms like her husband do um so that's that's pretty much it this episode wasn't as exciting for me sorry to come back on such a low note but mm, that just is what it is so going into the little rundown of uh ending this episode uh my favorite character of this episode was absolutely no one this was boring um, I default to Valerie because she is beautiful and was the only black woman on screen who said more than one line. Um, albeit, she probably only said three lines, but she still had more than one line, and I appreciate her for it. But um, a close second will be Alice because I do I appreciate the the like the the journey we're going on through following her with all the drama she's been through, all the the bullshit and the stress that she's getting. That like I just like love her or hate her, Alice is an, a very interesting character, and that actress does the damn thing every single episode. Period. Um, 
Let's see, favorite scene is the one I just said, the last scene, which is Mommy Dearest versus Hal, the uh, the baby destroyer with his evil ass. Like, even with him, I can almost say he means well, but I'm not a woman. I've never had to have an abortion. I've never been forced to have an abortion, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to take his side. I understand his reasoning when he says, um, oh, you know, I, uh, I want her to be a kid by this and the third. But that's undercut by him talking about, I don't want to be here raising that poisonous, evil baby. And, you know, the blossoms are trash and they're evil and they stole our maple lint. Like, ugh. Okay, well, at this point, clearly, this isn't about the well-being of your daughter. It's about your feud, your 100-year-old feud with this family of wig wearing gingers i don't know um so that's that and then who killed jason blossom even this episode i was just completely unmotivated because i'm like i'm looking at it and through alice's remarks i have her as number one or hal at number one her at number two and then mr jones at number three and higher at number four but at the same time now i'm kind of feeling like that would really be some good storytelling if we found out that Jughead was actually the one who killed Jason. Because think about it. If Jughead is so stressed about people knowing that he was a serpent um, and then at the end of this episode his dad makes a comment that everyone has their role to play and I have mine because he ends up you know, working for um, Fred again because Fred doesn't have a crew. So you know, it's kind of like, alright, you weaseled your way into employment where this man needs you, and you get to get a check. And then uh, his other son is dating Kevin Keller so that he can get information from the sheriff because all the kids on the show are talking about shit that they don't need to, like the murder. And then maybe Jughead was supposed to shoot Jason in the head, you know, for whatever reason. It's like, and I say that because we already know that Hiram and Mr. Jones have a relationship with each other, a financial relationship that has been um, ever ongoing when Hermione moved back to town so you know he may not just be nervous because you find out that I don't know his dad is a serpent he may have actually killed Jason so I'm not walking away from this theory yet because that would be the twist of all twists I mean the twist of all twist of twists would be Veronica because she ain't know nothing about these people but a very legitimate twist would be Junkhead, I mean, hell, he's writing a novel on the murder of Jason Blossom. So, I don't know. I think I still put Junkhead at, at number three, but I think he's probably the most likely suspect because he's the least less, least less likely because <laughs> he is the least likely at this point. So, um, who killed Jason Blossom? Uh, number one is Hal. Number two, Alice. Number three is Mr. Jones or Jughead, which more emphasis on Jughead. And number four is Hiram, because uh, Hiram is doing a lot of shit from prison. And I think he could he could very well be the one pulling these strings and killing off folks and all the other shit. So, um, shit, that's that. This has been, you know, the latest installment of Welcome to Riverdale. Um, until next time, you know, stay... I don't know, away from drugs, stay away from, you know, wealthy redheads, uh, shit, stay out of Riverdale altogether, because there ain't no telling if you're going to come back alive, or if you're going to be framed for murder, so uh, until next time, this has been Welcome to Riverdale. Welcome to Riverdale. <laughs>